podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, welcome to this Cricket Badger India vs England daily podcast by the fans for the fans. Virat Kohli's India with Rohit Sharma, Jaspreet Bumrah and Ravi Ashwan and young starlets like Rishabh Pant and Shubman Gill. They play host to Joe Root's England with Jimmy Anderson, Ben Stokes, Stuart Broad and young talents like Ollie Pope and Zach Crawley. It's always England's toughest tour. Good luck to both sides. May the best team win. Hello everybody, welcome along. It's another edition of the Test Match Daily. India and England preparing to play the second Test Match in Chennai on Saturday tomorrow. And uh, we're looking forward to that on this podcast. England have named a 12 ahead of the second Test Match. There's going to be four changes in that side from the team that won the first Test Match by 227 runs. We're also going to look at the uh, potential Indian team that's going to take the field in that second Test Match. To join me to talk about that and maybe even some more things as we go through is Rito Mike and Daniel Kelly. Daniel, let's start with you because it's been a while. You were on our IPL pods all those many months ago and you're back on the India against England Test Match Davies now. Welcome back. Well, yeah, thanks, Jen. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, I've been watching the series, haven't been on the pod yet, but I've, I've listened to, to everyone so far. Um, it's been really good and I'm glad to, to be back on. Marvellous. And the um, 12 that England have announced for that second Test Match, there are some changes, as I say. I'll read the 12 out for you and then we'll dissect the uh, England's thoughts ahead of this second test. Dom Sibley, Rory Burns, Dan Lawrence, Joe Root, Ben Stokes, Ollie Pope. So no changes in that top six. Ben Folks, though, comes in for Josh Butler in the keeping slot. Moen Ali replaces Dom Bess in this side. Jack Leach continues to play. Stuart Broad, Chris Wokes and Ollie Stone look as if they're going to be fighting it out for the, uh, well, two of the three remaining spots there, Dan. Four changes sounds like a lot. They were always going to rotate Broad and Anderson, it seemed. So Broad coming in for Anderson was pretty predictable. Folks coming in for Butler equally so because Butler's not even in the country anymore he's going to be rested for the uh, final three test matches of this series so tick tick there Joffre Archer missing out because of an injury so that's going to be an enforced change and uh, either Wokes or Stone looking to uh, replace him you'd think probably Ollie Stone with the pace that he's got so so far Dan nothing too controversial in all of that no I don't think so I think you can argue that I don't think Jimmy Anderson will like being dropped I don't think he ever likes being dropped but it's a very wise decision it's not too much of a drop off in quality between Anderson and Broad Um, it's not like they're dropping him for you know for say a Sam Curran or something Broad is a perfect replacement for him I'm not against that particular change. I think part of me thinks that the best chance that England have got of getting something from the series would be to win that pink ball test. So fit and firing Jimmy Anderson in Ahmedabad for that one is definitely the way that England want to go. And I think playing into that thinking, I think the, if they're putting all their eggs in the um, the pink ball basket, I think padding the batting a little bit for, for this test might you know be there thinking try and get out of it with a draw and then finish the series off with the pink ball test but I would just question one thing that you said James Stone coming in for for Archer I don't think that one's necessarily set in stone if you excuse the pun um, oh dear. Oh dear. it's early, <laughs> early in your appearances to go with, down that route oh <laughs> uh, you know um, I wasn't even thinking that was a pun until I was halfway through saying it so I do apologise for that one yeah I think Wokes Wokes is the steady decision isn't he I think they um, he's shown evidence of improving on flat tracks away from home albeit sort of 
of minor improvements over the last couple of winters. And obviously his batting will be a big plus as well. So if they do decide to go for the, the padding out and try and get 600 and kill the game route, I think Wokes may well come in ahead of Ollie Stone. I'm not entirely sure on that one. But I can see benefits in both men coming in there. But I think the next decision you're going to talk about which will be mowing for best is the one which um, will cause the most controversy we'll come back to that in just a second there's a little bit of a teaser for you ollie <laughs> stone or chris wokes rito for you you're obviously uh, an indian living in india but you're supporting england in this series and there are as dan just said the chris wokes dependable pair of hands good in the batting lineup as well but his overseas record isn't the greatest comparatively speaking his home record is just incredible his away record is the thing that lets him down overall in the stats Ollie Stone though is a bit more of a like for like isn't he Archer's got that bit of pace Ollie Stone could bowl a quick ball well, James, at the beginning of these two, of Sri Lanka and India, the ECB had clearly said that have one proper fast bowler in the bowling attack for all the uh, six test matches. So now that Archer is down, they have to bring in Ollie Stone because if they bring Chris Wokes in for uh, Archer, then they all go back to that fa- right arm fast medium, all three of them, Stokes, Wokes and Broad, then moving away from their predetermined plan. So they have to play, I think, Ollie Stone if they have to remain true to themselves. But Ollie Stone, he has just played one test match against Ireland at Lords in 2019. So it will be pressure on him. I'll tell you what, Daniel, Ollie Stone is a player I rate a lot. He's been dogged a little bit by injury. Um, fast bowlers can be, can't they? But the bits I've seen of Ollie Stone, he can bowl pretty quick. I, I've said before on this podcast that in another era, he could have had 30 or 40 test matches quite comfortably by this stage of his career. He's been unlucky in that regard that he's behind the likes of Anderson, Broad, Wokes, Archer in the pecking order. That's quite a hard sort, sort of fourfold to get into, isn't it? Ollie Stone, though, has got plenty about him. He has, yeah. He's really um, impressed me in his very limited sort of pool we've had to, to look at in his international record so far. But I thought he bowled well against Ireland at Lords. I remember his first ODI against Sri Lanka on a, a tour of Sri Lanka a couple of years ago. The first sort of three or four overs he bowled was rapid. And it was obviously before Joffre Archer was um, eligible to play for England. And everyone all of a sudden thought we have this really um, quick, hostile weapon, which is what we've been crying out for. And I remember he bounced a couple of the Sri Lankan top order out and I thought yeah with this, you know he, he really doesn't mean business and he's going to play a lot for England like you said he's been very unfortunate but I think England do like Ollie Stone I think he was very close to playing the, the second game at Gaul um, before this tour because England put him out for, for press didn't they so I think he, he was very close there it wouldn't surprise me if he got the nod I probably would go with Stone I think, yeah, he bowled very well in the Sri Lanka warm-up game as well again, when the intra-squad friendlies and he, he very much impressed the, the management there and they've had a long time to have a look at him now. He keeps getting injured, he keeps coming back, he looks as good as he has before he got injured every single time. So I think the lad, has, he deserves his chance and I would say that because he's a Norwich boy like myself. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, bit of Norfolk representation, minor counties reps in the England test side. He can't have everything Ollie Stone, can he? Um, Rito, <laughs> we uh, look at uh, the, the choice between Wokes and Stone is there an argument to say that maybe India might not know quite as much about Ollie Stone as they do Chris Wokes? Obviously, Wokes has played in the IPL. They've seen a lot of him down the years in international cricket as well. Whereas Ollie Stone, I know they've got a load of analysis. They'll have video of him. They'll be able to quickly understand what he's about. But having not maybe batted against him, that's a different kind of test, isn't it? He's maybe a bit of unknown quality with Ollie Stone coming up against the Indian top order. James, more so about the Indian batsman knowing about Chris Wokes, I think it's the ECB and England management staying true to their own predetermined plan that they had set themselves, that they will play one genuine pace bowler 
all throughout the six test matches. And talking about Ollie Stone, he has got some height. And we have looked at that pitch. We have seen images of that pitch. And there might be some unvariable bounce which Ollie Stone might be able to exploit. But the, but they won't have faced Ollie Stone, will they? The the Indian batsman, whether they will have faced Chris Woke. So he does have that maybe unknown quantity. And sometimes you see that in cricket, don't you? A bloke comes in from left field, they've never faced him before and he takes a shed load of wickets because they're getting used to him effectively. Yeah, that's probably true. And Ollie Stone, he has got that to you. Pace as well, which Archer had, and uh, the Indian batsmen against quick, genuine pace looked troubled against Archer, and they want to co- probably continue that short pitch barrage against Ashwin as well. And Archer on that fifth day had the wood over Ashwin. Chris Wokes is a candidate, of course, to play in that pink ball test, isn't it? If that ball starts moving around, then Jimmy Anderson's always talked about. But uh, Chris Wokes, if he gets a bit of help, is uh, a real handful as well. So maybe he might have to just bide his time a little bit. So we'll find out tomorrow morning which uh, way the English selectors go with that tight team Elvis Presley once said we're caught in a trap we can't get out but we might be able to soon hopefully COVID-19 will be behind us and we can get back on the cricket pitch this summer and you need to make it count blackratcricket.com they have an original range a rodent range a little rat range bats made by cricketers for cricketers make 2021 count blackratcricket.com Join the infestation. As uh, Daniel said earlier on, the the kind of more contentious issue, I think, in this 12 that England have announced has been Moen Ali coming in for Don Bess. Now, an awful lot being said about Don Bess and his performance in that first test match. I don't think he did bowl very well in the eight overs he had in the second innings, but took five wickets in of the 20 to fall. 17 wickets this year, this calendar year, is the second most that have been taken anywhere in the test cricket world. And he's a work in progress. We keep saying that about Don Bess, which maybe is a little bit unfair on him, but he's kind of learning the game on that test match stage. And Daniel, the, the thing that surprises me with this selection it's twofold, really. They've invested in Don Bess. They've shown a lot of faith in him. He's repaid it to some extent and he's getting better. And all of a sudden he, he steps down. And yeah, obviously rotation is fine. But I think that tends to kind of be more for the pace bowlers than for the spinners. And the other thing is that Moen Ali hasn't played red ball cricket since September 2019. Now, he, he could have bowled a million overs in the nets, but that's not quite the same as bowling at a Virat Kohli for two days on a flat track, potentially. Such a very complicated decision, I think, this one with Moen and Bess. And there's more to consider, I think, than, than what is immediately on the surface. If we go back, Moen was dropped from the test team because he was almost unselectable after that sort of torrid time he had against um, Australia and just prior to that. He was leaking runs like a broken toilet, um, wasn't picking up wickets and he wasn't getting any runs as well with a bat to, to negate that. They obviously think that the best spell on the fifth morning um, was bad enough and concerning enough to doubt that he's um, he's good to go in the next game. <laughs> this is someone who got Virat Kohli out the very first time that he bowled at him and for not very many as well. And I, there's, That's no mean feat. I know he, he was maybe a little bit lucky, bowled quite a bit of dross at Kohli before he got the wicket, but that's not to be sniffed at in Eng- England's England and India situations because England have struggled to get Kohli out you know without sort of 100 150 on the board for quite a while now that shows me that he's got something there's something about Bess and it is that ability 
to get wickets of great players with bad balls. It's a tricky situation, like you said, when you're dropping someone who they must deem a liability um, and replacing him with someone who they've previously dropped because they deemed him a liability. And Moeen's not, like you said, he's not done much in the in the interim period to suggest that anything will be different this time. Do, do you think, Dan, that the, with Moeen Ali, there's a lot of, um, quite rightly as well, there's a lot of positivity towards Moeen Ali. You know, yeah. he's, he's produced some fantastic performances for England in all formats down the years and he's a, he's a crowd favourite and, and, we, and we love Moeen. You know, he's, he's, he's a good guy when you see the three lions on his chest you know, he always gives gives a hundred percent no doubt with any of that at all I seem to think you know looking at the kind of responses on Twitter and stuff people are expecting Mo, the Moen Ali of sort of three years ago yeah. the, the last Absolutely. tour of India not with the ball with the last tour of India because he averaged 65 of the ball in the last tour of India but yeah Moen Ali at his best taking hat-tricks against India in in, in uh, home conditions it's going to be a big ask for him isn't it to produce that kind of form after not playing as I say Red Bull cricket since uh, towards the end of 2019 Exactly. And, and what, a, what a place to drop him back in as well in India. A wounded India are going to be, I mean, they're going to target Moeen, I think, let's be honest. I think they're going to target Moeen, try and um, knock him off his stride. And that is, um, that's a situation which will potentially impact the rest of Moeen's career, I think, how he goes in this game. Well, I mean, he could expose Moeen. And, you know, I, I don't want to exactly. see Moeen um, mentally shot from this. And he was obviously mentally shot after his last foray into the England Test side. You're asking a lot because, you, you know, this, this India side, you know, forget that first Test match result because India play England played brilliantly India maybe just let their standards slip a little bit this India side are a seriously good test match side in their own backyard especially if they win the toss they could bat for two days and cane England all over the place and Moen Ali could be in the firing line of that I think the the decision is it's a tricky one because then on the other hand the counter argument to that would be that you've carted Moeen around the world for three months with the premise of giving him a shot back in the test team and if, if you've got a spinner who you can't trust and you're not going to play Moeen then what could that do to Moeen's mental health and his situation so there is that counter argument something we haven't touched on so far as well Don Bess's mental health he's had problems he spoke about problems he suffered after he got dropped the first time by England after a couple of tests against Pakistan where he didn't really do anything wrong He's been dropped again where he hasn't, he's done even less wrong. He's contributed, he's actively contributed to England wins. So I think for in, in an environment where they're very carefully managing players' workload in relation to looking at their mental health and their general health and their happiness in, in the England camp, I think it is a very, very tricky situation. They must have put a lot of thought into it. Well, you'd hope so, I wouldn't think, you? You'd hope that well, you'd well, hope they have. Yeah, they have I'm put good. a lot of thought into it, definitely. But um, I, ju- I just think it's a, a slippery slope, and and whatever happens, they have to manage it very, very carefully. I don't doubt they will. Yeah, I just hope there's not any fallout from either either side, really. Rito, looking at the Moenali selection for this game, there's a bit of a kind of sideshow to this, isn't there? That uh, the Indian captain Virat Kohli, the captain of the RCB, didn't bowl Moen particularly much in the in the IPL in the autumn. When he did bowl him, Moen wasn't. Uh, wasn't terrific and the RCB have since let Moeen go and Coley will have, have had a big say in that selection or non-selection rather of, of uh, Moeen Ali for the next edition of the IPL so that's kind of like a bit of a, a play within a play isn't it with Moeen coming back into this test side Firstly I think England's decision to drop Bess and bring back Moeen into the squad is just bizarre Bess is a player who they had played for all the six test matches in the summer against West Indies and Pakistan to get him ready for the for this winter the winter of Sri Lanka and India, and to drop him halfway through the winter when he has done very little wrong, as Daniel mentioned. He has picked up so far this winter 17 wickets at an average of 22.4. So to drop a player like that, it's just bizarre. And Moin Ali, he hasn't played a lot of red ball cricket. I don't know how much county cricket he has played last year. 
Maybe not play, at all. Didn't play any last year. He hasn't played. He hasn't played a Red Bull yeah. game since September 2019. Yeah, so that makes it even more bizarre. And what basis are they bringing Moin Ali because the Indian res- batsmen respect him? Yes, he has a very good average and figures against India in England, but not in India. He averages something what 65 in India against in. Indian back. Well, this is the other thing, Rito, isn't it? That you're bringing in somebody. Yeah, fair enough if his previous experience in, in India had been 33 wickets at 17 or something like that. You could say, well, yeah, there's a chance he can re- refine that form. But even Moen Ali, when he was in his England pomp, found it very hard to take wickets in, in India. You know, I think people are thinking, well, it's going to be a spinner. Moen Ali's a spinner. Then that makes sense, but not on previous record. And then the next extension of that, Rito, is that the next away trip that England have is to Australia, where Moen Ali was woeful on the last Ashes tour. So England has kind of have used Don Best to build for the future and see him as the answer. They've invested all of that time in those test match uh, overs into him. And yet Moen Ali comes back in now, whereas surely the, the long-term future of Moen Ali over the next 12 months isn't as cut as dry as the future of Don Best, is it? Well, yeah. Moen Ali coming back, I think I find it very bizarre. Best on that third day, he had bowled 23 overs for four wickets for 55. And those four wickets were Kohli, Rahane, Pujara and Pant. And Pant, when he was going bizarre against Lich, uh, Best came on and he removed him. And since then, on day four and five, he bowled 11 overs, one for 71. So something went wrong on, on that. Probably it was fatigue. That's where you have to take into the account of the conditions that were in Chennai. The humidity and the heat, probably Best, his body couldn't take it in. And he has suffered fatigue from that and he hasn't recovered. I mean, if that is the reason, that's fine. You know, if Don Best is feeling a bit under the weather because of that, then no problem with turning to Moen Ali because he's the next in line in that squad. It, if Best is, a, is firing fit and wants to play, I do find it a very strange decision. I think the argument could be made that Moeen's going to strengthen the batting. I think, again, we've got very little evidence to suggest that, that that will be the case. I don't look at Moeen anymore and think he's a player who's capable of batting... 250 balls for 100. I think he's a player who's very, he's, he's capable of slogging your sort of 50 or 60 once every 10, 15 innings. And I actually don't, I, I doubt Moeen's ability at the minute from what we've seen since he got dropped and just prior to him getting dropped that he could play the gritty 20s, 30s, 40s that Don Best has actually been providing from number eight. Um, the argument could be made that Don Bess is providing greater support for the top order with his um, gritty little 20 or 30s and what Moeen would be playing with his sort of everyone's a winner sort of 10, 15s or, you know, he's, he's he loves a duck, Moeen, doesn't he? So I think there is a case to be made there as well. I'm not sure he loves them. <laughs> I do think that um, that would have come into the thinking though, that Moeen, I think the team, especially if they go for Wokes, I think they're, they're definitely looking, not, not directly, they'll never admit that they're looking for a draw, but I think England will absolutely buy your hand off for a draw take it to that pink ball test match where we're one win away from winning the series Daniel with Moen and, and obviously the World T20 not far away England have got a lot of white ball practice to, including at the end of this tour and with the fact that you know as you mentioned the mental health side of things and England being proactive rather than reactive on that basis and quite rightly in my opinion I think it's better to be safe than sorry when it comes to people's minds in this current in- environment does that kind of call into question why you take Moen Ali I mean I know he got Covid so that maybe compromises his ability to play in Sri Lanka but is he being picked because he's been carted around and he's getting a test cap because they just want to keep him happy? Yeah, you do fear that is the case. And with, with you know, with Moeen has earned that sort of um, level of respect, I think, in the England camp and that he is a player that is worth, definitely worth keeping happy because um, he does when he is all fit and firing and he's, we've seen in the past, he does provide an awful lot to, to the England team. 
I just think that the sensible decision would have been for Moeen to step aside from the red ball, put everything he's got into the white ball game, um, really focus on that world T20. I think, like you said earlier, with the IPL deal, um, with, with him being canned by RCB, I think that is something as well that could potentially knock him. I've got no doubt that he'll he'll get picked up by someone else. But um, I think it's important he does for England's World T20. I mean, they've, they've been obviously quite keen for their players to play in the IPL this time because it gets them experience, isn't it, in T20 cricket Definitely. in India, which you know, they'll be hoping that Moen finds a, finds a route back into a different franchise in that. I mean, I was going to actually come on and ask you, you've already answered my next question about whether you just kind of take the red ball off Moen. I, I wonder about Moen's appetite for red ball cricket as well, because we, as we said, he didn't play for Worcester. Um, um, last summer either so uh, yeah it remains to be seen I hope I'm really wrong with this by the way I'm not just kind of saying this to try and not mow an alley I've got a massive amount of respect for him I hope he proves me massively wrong and goes out and takes 7 for 50 followed by 6 for 43 and wins the test match for England I do worry that uh, this might be a mowing alley that isn't quite ready for going into a second test match in a, a very important series with England in a very good position Badges are furry creatures. 85% of women badges think bad grooming is a major turn-off. 80% of women badges think men should trim below the belt. 89% of men think good grooming is essential to the professional success. Don't just dismiss it out of hand. Get on there, manscaped.com. Check out their great range of male grooming accessories. Hygiene, appearance, attractiveness, confidence. Simply go to manscaped.com, quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com, together we save balls. In a strange way, sometimes when you don't play, your stock rises. And Dom, it might actually happen for Dom Best this, that he could watch this from the sidelines while Moen goes for none for 150. And all of a sudden, all of these people are suggesting that Dom Best isn't the right man. Oh, let's bring him back in Moen. You know how fickle social media is. By this time next week, they should be saying, well, Moen's just a bent force. Let's bring Dom Best back in. Well, exactly. Just the way it happened with Kuldeep Yadav in the first test. He wasn't, he wasn't picked in the team and his stock rose uh, dramatically. But this England management, they have stuck to their guns. They have stuck to their plans. There's something that we don't know that they know. Maybe Moenal is pulling like the Mutayamuralitharan in the nets. No one is picking him. That's why they have picked him in the team. So let's hope it's the right decision for the team. And we'll only judge the decision come Wednesday. Well, now it's made. We get behind Mo and Ali on this podcast and wish him all the best for the uh, second test match. Hope it goes well for him. Let's move on to talking about India's side, Rito. I mean, it's, it's bizarre, isn't it, going into the second test match after England get that fantastic win. Usually on tours, we would just get the same England side, stick with the winning team. Let's go for it. Four potential changes in this team is uh, a lot. And it's all down to COVID, isn't it? And it, it, it is one of these situations at the moment, the touring sides, they don't have pre-tour warm-up games against local sides. You don't suddenly find between the second and third test match there's a, another game to give some of the non-playing um, guys a run out to see if they're in form see if they can force the selectors hand at all so I, I guess at some stages with, with the likes of Moeen and Ollie Stone at some stage you've got to throw them the ball and say go out there and do your best it's, I, I, I spoke to um, Adrian Rollins on the former Derbyshire player on Twitter the other day and he said well it's, in a way it's not too much dissimilar to your first game of the season or coming back from injury. At some stage, you've got to play, haven't you? And I guess England's philosophy will be, go on, Ollie, go on, Moen, go and show us that you've, uh, you work and your, your preparation has been good enough. Yeah, these players have been picked for a reason because they're the best test cricketers in the country. And you have to 
allow them to compete against the best against this format. They're in a in the advantage position England with one nil up. So why not let them go and play it now and see how they go with what what change? I mean, as I said, I was going to say it's bizarre that England have got so many sort of selection debates after coming off a win, but India after a defeat are, are no different, are they? You know, do you look at uh, Shabazz Nadim, their spinners um, in that first Test match didn't get quite that much support I tweeted I think midway through England's first innings you imagine what the fallout would be if Don Bess and Jack Leach were bowling at the moment with a score of 400 nod for four but the reaction in India was exactly the same you know these guys aren't doing enough and you know the, the chances of Kuldeep coming back into the team and Banaksa Patel Axel might make his debut um, Reid so would you see those two as being definites for coming back into the 11? Well I would say probably one change is definite that's Axel Patel coming for Shabazz Nadim Nadim he has been withdrawn from the squad India at least making one change. I'm not too sure about Kuldeep Yadav. I haven't read a lot about him coming into the team. So it's strange. There's potential talk that Kuldeep might come in for Washington Sundar because despite the fact that Sundar got good runs in the first innings, he played very nicely. The threat that he poses with his spin isn't maybe as much as Kuldeep might possess. So Kohli obviously said in that press conference that they're looking to bring in some variety. Their spin attack was a bit too one-dimensional in that first test. So Kuldeep Yadav might come in. Again, his stock has rose rose dramatically in the after that first test match so it's a bit bizarre that a team that won the first test match is making four changes and the team that lost so hugely is making only a couple um i have seen on twitter some people questioning ajinki rahani's place in that top order he needs runs though doesn't he i don't think he's going to be dropped for this second test match yeah fresh from coming back as a hero from australia a lean first test match and his place is being called into question. Can you see him riding out Storm and, and finishing off the four test matches still in the side? Well, cricket is a fickle game, isn't it, James? At that first innings in Melbourne, he was seen as the hero of this team. Probably they were saying uh, to Kohli give over the captaincy to Rahane. And after his single and duck, they're calling for him to be dropped. So no, Kohli has supported his vice captain and I see him staying in the job. Any, any thoughts on India's side? Their spin being bolstered. I mean, there's pictures of the uh, the wicket in Chennai and a lot of people reading that surface. How, how you can do that from a photograph, I'm not quite sure, but um, suggesting it might turn from day one. I think it might have been Rahani himself has come out and said that he thinks that pitch is going to turn quite early on in the match and India might go with three frontline spinners. That would be a worry for England, wouldn't it? Particularly if they lost the toss. It would, yeah. I think it's testament to England that we are we're in a position after one test match and India have all already played their raging turners card you, you say it does play into to India's hands but then it literally it, it makes the toss more of a win toss win game toss than even the first one it's a very risky strategy I think uh, just going back to, to Rahani there like you were saying I think he's an absolutely class player and I love watching Rahani bat more than most people around the world I think he's a terrific watch as a batsman but I, I think I, I read on Crick Info the other day he averages 30 something 30 I think it's 31 32 since England last toured India at home which is very very surprising I think um, you put that alongside some of the England top order though it fits in quite nicely it's, it doesn't necessarily weak, weaken them in comparison does it And I mean yeah, you look at his two dismissals in the first test match as well he, he smashed a cover drive Joe Root flew himself to the left and it stuck and then he got Jimmy Anderson in the over 
flavour of his life. You know, he, he got two pretty harsh dismissals, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. I'm not, I'm not doubting Rahani at all. I think he could, he's, he's very capable of, you know, we could be saying this and tomorrow we could be uh, doing the daily pod. He could be 160, not out, you know, um, he, he's that good. Um, I think he will be concerned though, that whilst all the talk has been how much um, of a better captain he may possibly be than Coley, I think since his MCG masterclass, I think he's, he's not got anything. I think his highest score is 35 or something um, in, in them six innings since then. So he will want to put that right. I think it's just on the makeup of India's team I think it's amazing how in cricket probably the most settled 11 in the world for the last two or three years has suddenly turned into change after change every game I know it's um, seriously mitigating factors with their injury record but it does show how quickly things can change where it you know, India are having um, a lot of debate about who's who's being selected, and it's, it's great for England to sit back and kind of watch that. I know we're debating the England selection, but England have got that luxury of being able to uh, to rest and rotate with the knowledge that they're one up, and, and and a lot of these changes may well have been previously discussed before you know before the tour even. It could have been the plan that Ollie Stone was going to play for Jofra Archer anyway. You don't know, but yeah, it's amazing how it how it turns and how quickly it turns as well. To finish off, chaps, then one final point to make. I did a betting preview for somebody yesterday and I've actually gone with India to win the series because despite the fact that England played so nicely in that first test match and despite the fact that India maybe were slightly subpar this is still India in India this is a series that before we started a lot of pundits were suggesting that it would be 4-0 it was going to be so easy for Team India to roll over England well, we're just hoping for some type test matches first test match went completely against that script but it doesn't mean that the second test match and those beyond it will do as well India are going to come back strongly at England they're going to look at themselves in the mirror and really come out roaring I think against England and England need to have a good day one to stay in this game I'd suggest Rito that the toss is important if England lose it and in India bat first, I think England lose the test match. If India lose it and England bat first, I think India could still win the test match. Well, James, not too long ago that people were saying that teams winning the toss and batting first in Chennai don't win a lot of test matches. They haven't won probably 10-12 years. So toss is an important factor, obviously, if the pair are burns and burner, but not too important. Because if you remember the last time when England won here in India, they won the test matches in Mumbai and Kolkata after batting second. So that's against impossible. And I, I believe this England team has the quality to upturn India in India. Daniel, do you fear an India comeback here? Do you think that they're going to come out all guns blazing and this second test match might be a rude awakening for England? Um, I do. I have got faith that England may be able to um, to shock us again. I think there's nothing to suggest that England are going to be less capable all of, um, all of a sudden after you know a few days between test matches. I think a lot of England players have got something to prove with I mean we've talked a lot about Moeen but he will be desperate to, to put a performance in and, and sort of silence all the critics Stuart Broad's going to come in with something to prove he'll be raring to go after the first game and I think our, our batting looks reasonably solid I think there's no like you said if we're having to bat out the last day needing 350 to win I don't know if we'd be capable of batting that 90 overs but um, there's a lot of cricket to be played before we get to that um, and I think like like Rita said, I think England are, are in a decent position to to spring a shock here. It's the curse of Channel Four, I tell you. They always, uh, you know, the last series on Channel Four was the the 2005 Ashes, which was well, unbelievable. What's the opposite of a curse? The the lucky lucky to talisman oh, yeah. of well, Channel Four because it's actually in England's favour, isn't it? A curse would be against them. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's uh, it's the Channel Four benefit for England. The lucky know? charm of Channel Four. I think that's what strange we call things it. happen on Channel Four. <laughs> <laughs> Married at first sight, Australia. Very very strange, but very watchable. <laughs> 
England will find it a bit harder this test match with the fans coming back. Do you think that's going to make a difference? Yeah. The fact that it's going to be fifty percent. Uh, yeah, I think this is the first time since last year that England are playing a test match with fans in the stadium. Any kind of cricket England are playing with fans in the stadium, so it might take them by a bit of shock with Indians throwing in. And we know Kohli how he asks the fan for fans for encouragement to lift his team up when they're down which they couldn't do in the first test match. So I hope England cope well with it. It's going to be interesting, isn't it? I've not watched a cricket match apart from, well, obviously the big bash and stuff like that, but with England playing with fans in the ground for what seems like ages and ages and ages. In fact, I've got quite used to seeing empty stadiums. It's going to be strange to have fans back in. As Rito says, it might be something for the players as well and to have to cope with. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how both teams cope with that. We're going to be back every single day on the Test Match Dailies. Looking forward to the remainder of this series. Three important test matches, three very exciting test matches to come. So we'll be back every day during the fat after each day's play and then between the test matches, picking up all the loose ends going between the games as well. Daniel Kelly, it's been a pleasure to have you back on the show. Rito, as always, always good to have you back on. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me, James. And thank you, everybody out there for listening. Hope you got your alarm set for early on Saturday morning if you're on the U- in the UK. 9.30 again in India, is it, Rito? Same time? Yes. So what? Uh, 9.30 in India, 4 o'clock, 4 o'clock and bleary-eyed in the UK. But I tell you what, the first Test match was worth getting up for. I don't think this second Test match will be any different at all. Thanks for joining me. I've been James the Cricket Badger and we'll talk again after the first day's play tomorrow. Thanks for listening. We will be back every day during England's tour of India. Get in touch on at cricket underscore badger on Twitter. We hope you are enjoying the cricket. See you again tomorrow. Sports Social Podcast Network.